your views, your news, your Limerick Today with Joe Nash on Live 95. Now, big, big occasion uh, in Irish television, in Irish society, in all honesty, this week as Patrick Keelty hosts the Late Late Show for the first time Friday evening and a Limerick man, RT Gold presenter, Will Leahy, with me in the studio. Are you looking forward to this? I'm Good morning to you. Very excited. Okay, first of all, I would be a Patrick Keelty fan. Uh, you know, think about the number of firsts with Patrick Keelty. Number one, first Late Late Show presenter who is a culture. Right, he's not from Dublin, so the previous three have all been from Dublin. Secondly, first late late show presenter who's older than the one he's replacing. Right, oh, think about yes, that as well. Right. He's fifty-two. Ryan is yeah. only fifty. And a third one is first late late show presenter in our in our era that wasn't already doing a chat show on RTE. So when you think about it, we kind of knew what we were getting with Pat Kenny because he was doing Kenny Live on the Saturday night. So his late late show was sort of a, a reversioning of Kenny Live. And then Ryan Tuberty was doing Tuberty tonight on a Saturday night. So his Late Late Show was, I suppose, 75, 80% what he was already doing. So we already knew what we were going to get. With Patrick Keelty, he, he presented a lot of chat shows in the early 2000s, but a lot of people would probably forget that. And they were very much of the uh, TFI Friday youthy kind of a feel to them. So um, I'm, he, first of all, he's a great performer, very good comedian, terribly nice fellow by all accounts. I've only met him the once, terribly nice fellow by all accounts. And um, he's... He's a bit of a star. I think the RT were very lucky to get him. Yeah, I mean, my other half was in Belfast when he was breaking through. She was studying up there and she remembers what a phenomenon he was. Um, and the whole Northern connection is fascinating. He's very emotional. I mean, he did an interview at the weekend, didn't he? And clips are going around on social media where you can see how much it means to him coming from his Northern background. Well, I thought the same thing myself, actually, because he said a lot of the same things in a lot of those interviews. But... The one thing that comes across to me is this. He's married to Kat Dealey, who um, has been presenting a show. We don't, we never see it here. It's not shown in, in Ireland or Britain. It's called So You Think You Can Dance. She's been presenting this on the Fox Network in America for 18 years. She must be getting at least a million a year to do it, right? So there's no shortage of money in the Kilty Dealey house. So for him to be hiking over here on a Wednesday... Uh, staying to do the show and then he's go apparently he's getting up extremely early or else driving the Friday night to Belfast to do a show on BBC Radio at 9 o'clock on Saturday morning to be doing that he must really want to do it it's not for the money he's doing it he must have a grow for the Late Late Show and he must really really want to present it so that's interesting in itself I'm dying to see what he does I'm dying to see how he handles it he's not living here so has he heard of Francis Brennan you know, he's not living here. So does he know about the various little bits and pieces that we deal with every day? If there's a little political crisis over a pothole, will he know about it? If there's something that happens on a Monday, will he have to be briefed on it? By not living here, he's not going to absorb what affects all of our lives on a daily basis. So I'd be very intrigued to see. I presume he's there every morning listening to Morning Ireland so he knows what's going on in the world. So when he comes over, at least he's fully up to date. And that is another thing. Will there still be the same balance of... Uh, politics, of lifestyle, of entertainment, or is it going to be purely entertainment? I don't know. Right. Well, he was with us on the show a few months ago because he was performing his stand-up here in Limerick. And here's just a little of what he said. The brilliant thing, I, I think, is, you know, with Irish audiences, and as you say, there's a, you know, anytime I've been in Limerick, it's a very similar thing to a Belfast audience, which is, yeah, we're happy to be here, we're happy to pay, now where's the joke? And if the joke comes... You'll be carried, you'll be paraded around the town on a flatbed lorry. And if the jokes don't come, they'll let you know fairly soon. So 
there's a straightforwardness. I I like the straightforwardness of, of it, Joe. I have to say, you know, yeah. I, you know, you know where you stand, and and it's always good crack. That's Patrick Kilty there, and Willie, he is with us. I think that's an instructive clip to go back to your point about understanding who he's dealing with. Mm. Yeah. And it, it, no matter what we say, and we slag it off, and everyone says, I haven't watched The Late Late in 10 years, or whatever. The Late Late Show is still a massive town hall. Uh, I mean, you look at the viewing figures, every week it's number one. Uh, fine, it's not what it was back in the day. But every week it's still the most watched program. And particularly during COVID, I think people felt there was that town hall sense of we're locked in our houses, but we can watch the Late Late Show on Friday night and at least we'll feel like we're getting out of our house for five minutes. It, it still does hold that unique position. And also when you look at the viewing figures of the Late Late Show, I, as again, it's it's not what it was in the Gay Byrne days, but in the Gay Byrne days there was only one channel. Um, it still does, everything in TV is measured by how many, the percentage of people that are watching it at a particular time. And the Late Late Show will always do 40, 45, 50% of the watching audience. So nearly half of people with a telly on on a Friday night are watching the Late Late Show. Compare that to Britain, our nearest neighbour, who probably have the same amount of TV channels we do. Um, when you can see, they probably have less because we have Irish channels in on top of all the British channels. The biggest programme in Britain would be Strictly Come Dancing and that would maybe do a 30, 35% share. So think about it. Our biggest programme here is watched by an awful lot more of us than the biggest programme in Britain is. Do you think that he and Kat Dealey, who you mentioned, will be opening the contacts, book, high-profile guests and the like? I would think, you see, then it, it's all one and fine. They pick up the phone and they ring Simon Cowell and say, will you come and do the Late Late Show? He still has to be, there's still going to be an element of that. There always was an element of that on the Late Late Show. The visiting person is plugging a book or promoting a movie. There was, there's still going to be that. And I'm sure they do have a list of people who they would consider friends uh, that will do the show as a favour. But he has signed up for three years. You're going to run out of friends by Christmas. But, as, you know, <laughs> so that's the one thing about it is no matter. And I always say the same thing to anybody who says to me, I'm starting a new show. Will you have a list? and tell me what you think and I always go the same thing and it's the same thing in every show I started myself the program you see next Friday night will not be the program that will be there next Easter because they'll learn and they'll adapt and they'll change for instance is he going to come out at the start and do jokes which you would expect a comedian to do is you know is his first joke on Friday going to be flip flops for everybody in the audience I expect there's going to be something like that because it's too big an elephant in the room not to make jokes about uh, but that again requires effort and writing and preparation and rehearsal and, and we're not used to that on the Late Late Show so I presume we're going to see a different programme to what we've been used to. Yeah, it seems the programme is going to be shorter than it was when Tubbs was doing it and also fewer episodes per season. Yeah, yeah I would think, I don't know whether that's just this year because this year I think the start of the Late Late Show was timed uh, to coincide with the Rugby World Cup. Mm. Uh, the match that was on last Friday, New Zealand and France was a big match so yes. it would hoovered up an awful lot of viewers. I wouldn't think they wanted to start last Friday so they're starting this Friday I think the match is, is fairly inconsequential on Friday night. Uh, so I think that's why they pushed it back. Um, yeah, Shorter, I think, is probably the sensible thing to do because the late, late, no matter how you cut it, there was a lot of padding in it. And if they wanted to be a bit more up-tempo and upbeat and maybe not have as many lifestyle downbeat stories, maybe they just want to want to have it move along at a quicker pace. Do you feel that Patrick Keelty has the capacity to follow the conversation, you know, to allow the show to breathe the way Gay did. Well, you see, there's an awful lot of talk about Gay Burn. And I, you and I grew up at the time. And back then, there was nothing else to watch. And the late, late, back in the Gay Burn days, and if you watch some, you know, you go on YouTube, there are some, you go on the RTE website, there are some full Late Late Show episodes there. And it's not what you remember. 
It isn't. There's an awful lot of padding there as well. There was an awful lot less foreign guests. We remember the big bits, the Annie Murphys, you know, the Padraig Flynn's. You remember them because they're thrown at you on reading in the ears every few weeks. So you always think of the Gay Byrne Late Late as being, God, every week it was great. There was an Annie Murphy on every week. But there wasn't. There was an awful lot of padding there as well. Um, so I think if you put on a Gay Byrne Late Late show this Friday night, you'd look at it and you'd go, geez, this is very slow, isn't it? It's not, not what I was expecting at all. We look at everything with rose-tinted glasses. It's as yeah. simple as that. So I do think, I think he's extremely intelligent. If you've watched any of his documentaries, um, he's extraordinarily intelligent. He's a very good communicator. Um, you've had him on as a guest. He's a very good chat show guest. Yes. So he knows what people need to do to deliver. Um, what I'd love... What I'd love is a slight return to the olden days and that they wouldn't tell us the guest list in advance. If they do have Harrison Ford, fine, tell us. But uh, there is a certain element of what I really like about the Tommy Tiernan show is you don't know what's going to happen next. Yes. And tell me, uh, the fact that you're not going to get the cross-pollination between a morning radio show and the Late Late Show host, as you mentioned, he does his BBC radio gig and they're going to put somebody else into the 9 o'clock Monday to Friday slot on Radio 1. Is, is that a good or bad thing or does it make any difference? Does it make any difference? I don't know. I mean, from a promotional point of view, it probably does. Ryan Tuberty finishing up every Friday saying, join me tonight, I've got Krista Berg on or whatever. It was surely a help. Um, I'm, I'm, maybe they'll balance that out by having ads run on Radio 1 during the day. I don't know. We're in uncharted territory. He is the first Late Late Show host to not do a morning radio show. Is there, there has to be cross-pollination of some sort, both ways. But um, would it make a difference? I don't know. People will watch it if they want to watch it. And like all broadcasters who grew up with the Late Late Show, you know, would you love to have had a go at it? Oh, sure, everybody would have loved to have had a go at it. There is anybody, all these people who were dropping out of the running, you yes, know, yes. I'd like to <laughs> remove myself remove from myself consideration. Yes. <laughs> remove myself from consideration. <laughs> Clearly everybody knew who was getting it at that point because I think Patrick Guilty said in an interview last week that he got the phone call in May and I think he straight away said yes. So I think from from early May, everyone knew. So, you know, I, I, everybody would like to go with the Late Late Show. It is extremely well-resourced. I mean, I've only been on it the once, and uh, from being backstage, you know, there's an awful lot of, of team there. There's an awful lot of researchers and producers. They've got the budget for this. They've got the... But it is the flagship program. Yeah. You no, know, yeah. I mean, there was, a, there was a statistic when Ryan Tuberty announced he was leaving that the toy show alone... Revenue brings in a million and a half in that one night in revenue. So think about it. It's very, very important to RTE that the Late Late does well. Now, I know you're going to tell me to hold on to my horses here, but is there anything at all in better understanding of Northern Ireland in the Republic and vice versa from Paddy Keelty being presenter of the Late Late? I, I, it, look, it all depends on what happens after the next election as well. I mean, you'd have to say to yourself, if, if, if a unity referendum is on the table in the next five years, you'd have to say that his, his views and his stance on that and his ability to understand that better than most would be of great assistance. But again, we don't know if the new Late Late Show is going to have any politicians on it at all. Is it going to be all light entertainment? Is it going to be all fun and games? Or will there be serious debate? Do people want that? I'm not sure do people want that. Um, when you have, remember, as again, you go back to Gay Burns' Late Late Show, where he had everything on it, but there was no other show. There was no Today Show in the afternoon. There was no Virgin Media. So people, by the time they get to Friday night, have debated the issues of the week at that point. And I'm not sure whether the Late Late Show 
is still the proper forum to have a debate on a political issue of the day. Mm. Um, and speaking of great cultural institutions, the Late Late Show being one, Big Sport being the other, and you were involved in the third annual one, which is the Rose of Tralee this year. Yes. I'm, I'm very lucky to have been part of something that still has a cultural re- relevance, I have to say. And again, the Rose of Tralee is very much a crown jewel. Um, we, we, we have the same team that works on it every year and they are the best of the best, I have to say. And it's always a pleasure to work with them. And again, every year I say the same thing. Is anybody going to watch this? I'm sitting there in the middle of rehearsal and I'm going, who's going to watch this tonight? And then you get the viewing figures and the viewing figures this year were up, up, which is almost unheard of in, uh, in TV land this year. And the viewing figures amongst young people were up. I mean, the amount of young people that watch the Rose of Tralee far outstripped the Love Islands of this world, which I find baffling. But uh, I do think it's because the Rose of Tralee represents a certain section of society that you don't see on television. You do not see women in their 20s, possibly high achieving, but again, women who are very family orientated, very Irish orientated, very GA orientated. They're not brought on TV to tell their story in any, on any other time of the year. And I think people like, look, there's a certain element of they watch for the Gunas. Uh, and connecting to the diaspora. Yeah, very much so. Very much so. But again... I just it, it's something unique it's like the toy show it's it's something unique and I think we're lucky to have them well I remember meeting you after one of the nights and we were standing in the middle of the old dome where, where it was and I remember you saying you know can you imagine anything like this anywhere else and you were so right you know it, it had just had a vibe about it and let's be honest it wouldn't be created today nobody would sit down at a meeting and go right we're going to put a tent in the middle of a car park, OK? We're going to bring uh, 32 women from all around the world, countries you haven't even heard of. Uh, we'll get them here. We'll put them in a dress and a bit of jewellery. We'll stick them on the stage to be interviewed by somebody and they'll tell their life story. We'll do 32 of those. Some of them can sing and dance. And you know what? We'll put it on in August, right? You would not sit down and write that out today because it would not work today. But it survives on its heritage. It survives on every year people say to me, I used to watch the Rose of Tralee with my auntie who's no longer with us, but I carry on the tradition in my own family because it's very important to us. It's like the toy show. You know, you can't, why has no other television channel in the world brought on a toy show when they see how big it is here? Baffles me. You know, it baffles me. But the the Rose of Tralee toy show, the All-Ireland Hurling Final, these are things that are uniquely ours and we're lucky to have them and we should hold on to them for dear life. All right. Well, listen, proud Limerick man, RTE broadcaster, Willie. Thank you. We look forward to the Late Eight Show on Friday night. Your views, your news, your Limerick Today with Joe Nash on Live 95.